What's going on, everyone? It's Wednesday, March 16th, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. I'm Zachary Crockett, and I'm here with Rob Litterst. What's up, Zach? And our director of trends, Steph Smith, is back in the house today. Yay, great to be here. Today on the show, we're going to be talking gas stations of the future. So some unexpected companies are making a push into EV charging units. Can traditional gas stations compete? We've got some thoughts on that. And we're also going to get into Facebook's decision to stop doing its employees' laundry and a truly bizarre purchase by AMC. Before we get into all that, let's do the news. Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. China is battling its worst COVID outbreak since 2020, and it's imposing lockdowns and restrictions across the country. Of course, China is home to one-third of all global manufacturing, so this doesn't bode well for supply chains and international trade. Many factory closures are poised to affect the supply of everything from iPhones to car parts. We're going to keep an eye on all that as things develop, but uh, the timing here is less than ideal. Uber and Lyft are adding temporary fuel surcharges to rides. So if you take a ride in an Uber or order food, expect to see an extra 35 to 55 cents tacked onto your bill. Fees are going to go straight to the drivers to help offset the rising cost of gas. The good news here is, of course, oil prices are sliding back down a bit. Crude oil is now back down to below $100 a barrel. But gasoline is still retailing for around $4.33 a gallon nationwide. Lastly, Tesla has announced that it's hiking the price of its entire electric car lineup. It's the second price hike in one month for the company. And Elon Musk is attributing it to inflationary pressures and the rising costs of key raw materials like aluminum and nickel. Price hikes are going to be around 5 to 10%. That's going to do it for the news. And it also moves us right into our big story for today. Rob, Starbucks has plans to do something kind of weird, at least in the sense that it has nothing to do with coffee. You want to fill us in on this? Yeah. So Starbucks is making a pretty cool pivot and essentially moving into EV chargers and trying to build the gas station of the future. Hmm. Specifically, Starbucks is working on a pilot with Volvo and ChargePoint to install EV chargers in its parking lots along a 1,350 mile route from Denver to Seattle, which has essentially been described as a charging desert. Hmm. Um, They're basically going to drop chargers in every 100 miles. This is a huge opportunity for Starbucks. By 2030, it's been estimated that there will be about 26 million EVs in the U.S., which means we'll need about 10x the EV chargers that we have right now. And Starbucks has 15,000 locations across the country, so they're a natural fit to kind of help with this whole charging problem. The other interesting thing is with current charging tech, the process to fully charge an EV takes way longer than traditional fueling. In some cases, it can take up to two hours. I think Volvo said that their cars can go from 20% to 90% in 40 minutes, Mm. which 
is still a lot of time. And I think Starbucks is probably looking at this and gets pretty excited about that much time sitting in Starbucks and just smelling all the baked goods and coffee. Yeah. Perfect amount of time to, to just chill in Starbucks and do a little work for while your car's charging. Exactly. Up. So I think to most people who see this headline, it might not be that interesting. It's an easy thing to gloss over. Like, so what? Uh, you know, Starbucks is opening some EV stations. But uh, there's a lot of bigger implications here. Um, obviously, you know, gas stations have been on the decline for several decades, and they're also struggling to adapt to the future of EVs. Steph, what are we looking at here with bigger picture of this move? Yeah, so I'm fascinated by this because, as Rob said, we need 10 times the number of EV chargers, and there's this gap that needs to be filled. The question becomes, who is going to fill this gap, right? Is it going to be the government subsidizing these chargers? Is it going to be the individuals? Is it going to be residential complexes? Or in this case, it seems like businesses are stepping in who don't necessarily have a direct tie to electric vehicles or charging stations, but they see an opportunity. And what it seems like Starbucks is doing here is they're almost treating this as a loss leader, mm -hmm. right? These electric charging stations are really expensive. I think, Zach, you looked it up. It's like $100,000 or something to set up the charging stations. And what Starbucks is doing here is, is they're looking at this and they're saying, we're going to treat this as a loss leader and we're going to drive people to join us at Starbucks during this 30 to 40 minute period. In some cases, it takes hours to charge a car. So that habit is being completely mm -hmm. reformed and companies like Starbucks are jumping in to fill the void. Yeah, it's so fascinating. If you think about this as a parallel to gas stations, you know, gas stations don't make much money on their fuel. They only make a, maybe a few cents margin, if they're lucky, on the gas itself. And the gas is meant as not really a real loss leader, but a way to get people into the convenience stores and buy food and lottery tickets where they make the real money. So Starbucks seems to kind of be following a similar model with EV charging stations. What's also worth considering is all of the gas stations today, they expect, as you guys mentioned, people to spend a couple minutes, right? Because that's all it takes to fill your gas. But mm -hmm. now that we have these longer time horizons, you have to consider what are the places that people would be willing to spend 30 to 40 minutes? I think I read somewhere that 7-Eleven mm -hmm. bought hundreds of chargers recently. And I was like, do I want to spend an hour in 7-Eleven? Probably not. <laughs> so many Slurpees. Watch those rotating <laughs> hot dogs for hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think the Slurpee machine can only captivate me for a couple minutes. So you got to consider where are the places that one have the capital to invest in these very expensive charging stations, but also have the staying power for people to want mm -hmm. to hang out there. So I might be completely off base, but I was like, maybe movie theaters, maybe theme parks. Costco is a place that already mm. does the loss leading-esque approach for, for gas stations. And I was like, I wonder what companies are going to follow because I can't imagine that Starbucks is going to be the only one. A lot of gas stations just aren't currently equipped to easily install these stations, which can be tens of thousands of dollars. They're going to have to rip up concrete and install wiring for the electricity. It's a very big investment for a business that traditionally doesn't pull in that much money. You also have to wonder what Starbucks's long game here is, right? So one other fascinating part of EVs is that these cars essentially turn into computers. Hmm. And you can imagine someone driving from Seattle to Denver getting a ping from a Siri-like equivalent being like, hey, you've been driving for four hours. Why don't you pull over and grab a snack here? And then hmm. you can imagine a Google search engine equivalent where you can find all of those stop points, but you can also have businesses bid 
on those prompts, it's right? Genius. So instead of you searching yeah. something on Google, like a standing desk and getting an ad for it, you're driving in your car and your Tesla is integrated into the search engine that's saying, hey, you know, stop by this Starbucks and that Starbucks may be paying $2 to actually get your business. So all of this kind of considered, I'll just pose a big, broad question to both of you. Like, what do you see the future gas station looking like? I love this question so much. So there's a abandoned Dairy Queen about 10 minutes from my house, and it's right at the corner of this really busy road. But I was trying to think of like, what are other things that would go here? And I think coffee is really natural. I think when you're thinking about something that you can do for, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, I think a lot of people would go to Starbucks, settle in, read a book, get some work done, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So that seems like a pretty natural fit. I think this will work out pretty well for Starbucks, but I had a few other ideas that I want to run by you guys. So a micro gym with Pelotons. Do you think that that could be part of the gas station of the future? Get a little 40 minute (laughs) Peloton workout in when you're charging your EV. Hell yeah. An organic convenience store. So a convenience store that's just a lot of kind of healthy food, nice snacks. I don't know if you guys have heard of this company, Foxtrot. Basically, they start in Chicago. Essentially, what they are is like 7-Eleven, but with local brands and Mm. local food. And they're amazing. Like if you've ever been to one in Chicago, they have the best selection. They merchandise like incredibly. It's like this amazing little stop that you can go to for sandwiches, coffee, and basically like any snacks that you could want. I feel like that would be an awesome fit as well. Yeah. Traditional gas stations have been moving into the fresh food space for years now. It's one of the more lucrative arms of their business, selling barbecue or something or making fresh burgers in-house and trying to get away from that stigma of just like, you know, crappy gas station food. Yeah, there's. it's so funny you say that. There's a barbecue space in um, Austin called Ruby's, I think, that is appended to gas stations. And it's like one of the best barbecue spots in Texas. Okay, that just quickly reminded me of something, which is that the electric vehicle, I think in some cases, the way that it's built does not require the same amount of engine space. And so I'm pretty sure someone told me recently about an EV that had a grill in it using that (laughs) extra space. So maybe that is the gas station of the future. You just rock up with your grill in your EV and you just, you know, you hang out with a bunch of other people. Tailgating in your Prius or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Hey, everybody, I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Al and Leanne Elliott as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts. Steph, another interesting thing is a move that Tesla has kind of been quietly making behind the scenes, right? Yes, exactly. So Tesla applied for three new trademarks that covers various restaurant category, including restaurant services, self-service restaurant services, and takeout restaurant services. So basically, Tesla, as a major player in the electric vehicle space, is seeing ahead into that future and realizing that the gas station is going to be disrupted, and they probably see that restaurants are going to be a major factor in that. And so we'll see what Mm. they create, but 
Elon is clearly thinking about this future that we're painting. That is super interesting, too, because they're kind of working backwards. All these gas stations are optimized to sell gas, and they have to now make a very difficult decision to invest money in this EV tech. But Tesla has the charging stations, and they're building restaurants. So the the whole kind of flow of their business is working backwards from the traditional model. Exactly. Reminds me of Netflix. Did you guys ever hear that when they were pivoting from their DVD business to their streaming services, they literally had to have two different buildings of employees because it was so almost jarring to have people in the same place. One group which was servicing their old business model and one essentially trying to disrupt those other folks at the same company. (laughs) And so they had to almost separate them in order to facilitate that new innovation. And so I wonder what the gas station folks are thinking, right? They have this Mm -hmm. old model, which is still very significant and you could say doing fine, but they know what needs to be ushered in. And so I wonder how they're going to handle that. And and I guess it's also worth saying, you know, it's probably not likely that gasoline is going to be phased out anytime soon. So at least for the immediate time being, or probably the next decade, at least, we will have a lot of gasoline powered cars on the road still. Oh, yeah. Totally. My mom will still be driving miles to go get cheaper (laughs) Costco gas. So what do we know about kind of the economics of EV chargers versus traditional gasoline? Is selling power like a lucrative business model? So the interesting thing is BP, which is obviously an oil company, went into EV charging and says so far that it's been a money loser for them. Hmm. The company doesn't expect its charging division to turn a profit until 2025, but it says on a margin basis, its fast charging stations are getting close to delivering the same margins the company earns from pumping gas. Yeah, so to your point earlier, Steph, when you mentioned the phrase lost leader, it really kind of feels like the gas stations that are going to get left in the dust here are the smaller ones, the independent ones that are kind of mom and pop gas stations rather than the bigger franchise or chain gas stations. Think about like Shell and some of these larger ones like Pilot down in Texas. They have millions mm-hmm. of locations, it feels like. I feel like they're going to invest in these EV chargers at some point and be able to take the losses if they haven't already, and they'll probably be fine and, and be ready for the pivot. But it's really those smaller gas stations that are going to get crushed because they can't sure. really afford to invest in it right now. I also wonder how pricing will change because if you even just consider today you have to go to the gas station. I don't have like a gas pump in my house. So I'm reliant on the gas station and the prices that they set. With the advent of electric charging, you can actually charge at home if you have a charger that will facilitate that. And I also think there's some psychology built in there where similar to how people were not willing to spend 99 cents on an iPhone app because that was just their perception of what an iPhone app was worth. I wonder what people's perception of electricity will be because we're used to not paying that much for it. It's a different resource that people have built a different psychology around. Sure. Before we sign off here, let's get into a few smaller items, but no less significant. First off, I want to talk about Facebook's decision to get rid of free laundry. So Meta, the parrot company of Facebook, told employees last week that it was going to be cutting back or eliminating certain free services. They're going to be getting rid of laundry and dry cleaning for their employees. And they're also going to be pushing back the dinner bell for their meals from 6 p.m. to 6.30, which is significant because that just happens to um, overlap with the last shuttle that leaves campus. I'm interested here in posing kind of another broad question, which is what are the larger implications of this decision and what might it say about the 
kind of shifting trends that are happening in tech right now? Well, I mean, I personally find this so interesting because we've clearly lived in a bull market for the last decade. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of money that has been sloshed around, a lot of offers within these tech companies that are very, very competitive. And a lot of these perks, too, which bring in quote unquote, top talent. And Facebook is one of the first major companies to take a pullback here. And I wonder whether you're going to see other companies do the same. And it makes me ask another question, which is when you're giving these really, really extravagant perks, are you truly incentivizing the best talent to come work for you? Or are you incentivizing people who want incentives? Of course, there's a Mm. fine line there and there's probably a mixture of both. But I do wonder if Facebook is realizing that that calculus is a little off and that what they've Mm. done is they've incentivized a bunch of people who want the free dinners, who want their laundry done for them, who want to just chill and that they really need to go and grind. And in Facebook's case, focus on this next iteration of their company, which is focusing on Mm. what they call the metaverse. Yeah, this article was so entertaining to me. There were people that were complaining. I think there's like a message board or maybe it was in Slack at Facebook or something like that. But people were complaining about it and talking about how this was really going to dampen their culture and how it was just this kind of, I guess, terrible move for employees. And one cafeteria worker commented that if you're stacking 10 plates of steak dinners to bring home at night, you don't give a about culture, which I just thought was an epic rebuttal and I guess became the most liked comment in the thread, which feels about right. Well, I mean, people are talking about culture, but if you go to levels.fyi slash benefits, it gives an overview of top tech companies and what their benefits are worth. And Facebook's benefits are apparently worth $27,459. Oh my God. So it's not like taking away your weekly laundry is making Facebook a terrible place to work. Mm -hmm. It is probably just Facebook making a decision to pull back on some of these really, really extravagant perks. That's a great site, Steph. It really makes you realize like who these companies are competing with each other. And I have a buddy who works at Google and I know that they get poached a lot by Facebook and they're right near near each other at the top. Like Microsoft is trailing them and Amazon by a meaningful margin. It's like those two, um, 23 and 27. That's crazy. Yeah. um, A few years ago, I went to the YouTube headquarters in the Bay Area and parked my car in the lot and Within like 15 seconds, someone came up to my car and offered to wash it. And I was like, what What is going on here? They had a free car washing service in the parking lot. So they'd have dozens of attendants in the parking lot, just like washing cars um, for free every day. That is wild. I think something that sometimes employees miss is that ultimately at the end of the day, these perks are meant to either attract top talent or enable that talent to work more effectively. So Mm -hmm. you could see how the dinner perk would allow people to work longer hours and that would benefit Facebook in the end. Or you could see how a mental health perk could actually enable them to have a clearer mind. I do wonder where the car wash perk fits into that or even the laundry perk, right? I I feel like each company decides on these perks and ultimately (laughs) it is for a business objective. Totally. It feels like it's like going down a checklist of reasons that somebody needs to leave the office. And it's just like, oh, laundry. Nope. Don't worry about that. We can do that. Car wash. Nope. We've got that. It's honestly (laughs) surprising. I mean, I know like the health and um, like benefits from like a health standpoint are getting really big at some of these companies too, but it's surprising that they don't have like doctors in the office at this point with, with pretty much how they've just covered every excuse that you could possibly have to leave the office. Yeah, true. 
So one more thing we have to talk about here is AMC, the movie chain that became a meme stock early last year. They just bought a literal gold mine, or at least a sizable stake in one. They spent $28 million to acquire 22% ownership in Highcroft Mining in Nevada. Uh, what is going on here? <laughs> Honestly, like I, I like the diversification. I, I don't necessarily know that a gold mine is where I would have gone with it, but I mean, the movie business obviously in the middle of a pretty rapid disruption. I do personally believe that going to the movies is going to make somewhat of a comeback and I think never recovered a kind of where it was like in the glory days, like back pre 2000. But I think it will bounce back. But I think that AMC smart and kind of moving into a different direction. I probably would have chosen something a little bit more tangentially related to hmm. movies and the theater experience. But hey, a gold mine is a gold mine, literally. So, <laughs> is this like purely like a play aimed at like the memers crowd, or is there like any financial merit behind this decision? I mean, there was a quote from AMC CEO Adam Aaron who said that our strategic investment being announced today is the result of having identified a company in an unrelated industry that appears to be just like AMC of a year ago. In particular, he commented on the fact that this mine had severe and immediate liquidity issues. So if you actually look at the stock price of this mining company, they peaked in 2020 with a share price of $15.47. And before this announcement, they had shot down to 31 cents. So anyone who wow. invested in August 2020 is not feeling great about the trajectory of this company. Yikes. But I think the gist of it is that they had liquidity issues and AMC saw an opportunity to fix those liquidity issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure what they plan to do with it moving forward. But yeah, I think it's a mix. It obviously is driving some meme stock behavior, but it does seem like there was maybe a thesis there. Sure. Hey, a movie theater in the middle of a gold mine would be pretty cool. I'm just saying, I don't know if it would be safe. <laughs> but it would definitely be an event. Just tack on an EV charger and you're set. <laughs> you're good to go. All right, well, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening to The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. A couple shout outs. Robert Hartwig is our new editor on these Happy Hour shows. So all credit goes to him for making us sound good. And Darren Clark is our executive producer. He's the guy who makes the show tick behind the scenes. If you liked what you heard today, we've got a lot more tech and business coverage over at thehustle.co. We'll catch you all tomorrow.